and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 58. Let's roll. And we are rolling right into week six, where my New England Patriots will face off against the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I've got a lot of, a lot of crow to eat this week. I love it. I can't wait. Crow is delicious. Yeah, my guest today is probably going to feed me some of that crow. And uh, I'm excited to bring on a, a friend of mine, a person that I've known in this space for quite some time. And you're not going to believe this, but I actually brought on a Cowboys fan on Cowboys Patriots Week. Do you think I planned that or do you think it's just dumb luck or do you think I'm just a glutton for punishment? We all know it's something like that because I must be crazy. But uh, on the airwaves with me tonight is Kevin Coleman. And Kevin's a, a you know, I, I didn't even know his last name till five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's always the boys for me, you know. He's like just that's him. And so you can find him on Twitter at the boys. And, uh, you know, even though I hate that name, I love that name, Kevin going on brother hey man i appreciate you having me on as always i respect everything you guys do at the undroppables and and obviously you uh you, you're a goat in this space we, we talk about it all the time uh and uh you're the receipt king right that's that's what we we talk about here so i'm glad and I, i'm glad you brought me on for the patriots game you know it's been a long time coming the dallas beats patriots like you no guys doubt. have kicked our ass i think the last six times um and you know it would be nice i'm not holding it though like belichick owns us so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be very optimistic that i, I think we can win and just go from there you know you should be optimistic i mean I you know there's no doubt about that like you know, if I take a step away, this would be one of those games that I'd actually pick the Cowboys to kind of kick the shit out of the Patriots. Like, you know, not knowing the Patriots and Cowboys history, just sort of where each team is at and yeah. what they've been good at. Uh, I feel really, really bad about this matchup as a Patriots fan. And let me let me tell you and the listeners something about myself that I don't think anybody, you know, not too many people know. But, you know, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I was born in in cowboy gear, you know, I was born yeah. with the, you know, the, the, the cowboy pajamas with the little booties, you know, I, I wore <laughs> yeah. the blue star, man. I, I was born that way. And it's mainly because, you know, in, in the Northeast in the eighties, seventies, uh, when my parents were, you know, living there, the Patriots sucked. They, you know, yeah. they were awful. They were like the worst thing. Nobody wanted to watch them. And the Cowboys had Roger Staubach and like they were America's team. And so, of course, there were a lot of Cowboys fans all over the place, which is why there's still a lot of Cowboy fans all over the place. You know, and and as I was growing up, it was like you either got a chance to watch like Steve Grogan get his ass kicked every week or like, <laughs> no, seriously, or like, you know, Tony Dorsett. Like, oh, my yeah. God, Tony Dorsett. Are you kidding me? I love that dude. So, like, I'm literally growing up watching the – you know, the the Joe Gibbs, Tom Landry Sunday evening games, like just, you know, on a beanbag in my PJs by a fireplace watching those games was like, yeah. I mean, it's so vivid. You know, Art Monk and that whole thing, man, Charlie Brown. Th- those games were just awesome. And, you know, that's how I grew up. I was an NFC East Dallas Cowboy fan. What do you think of that, Kevin? Nah, hey, I, well, I'm wondering what happened because you were on the right side of history, and then you then you left. But actually, actually, after how it worked out, I, I get how that happened. No, I, I agree. I think that's where my fandom kind of comes from. It's from my grandpa. He's actually a Texas. He was a he was actually a, a University of Texas professor. 
Um, and he was a big guy. So I have some family in Texas. I'm kind of a roundabout, but that's where, that's where it comes from. Um, and so that's what my name is. Everybody, everybody laughs. They think it's just a Cowboys thing. My, my grandpa passed away in a drunk driving accident. Um, when I was like eight years old, when I was really young. And so it was kind of one of those things of like honoring him and his favorite player was Emmett Smith, 22. And so that's where I get my, my at name for it. Just honoring the Cowboys. It's, it's a family thing for me. It's, it's and my brother and me have something in common. I don't know if you have a brother, but I mean, for me, like we don't talk that much. Uh, he's older than me. He's 10 years older than me. But that's that one thing that we can talk about is the Cowboys. And that's kind of the one, like we'll text each other every Sunday. And that's just kind of the family thing that goes with it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Well, that's pretty interesting. Uh, you said you, you lost your brother? No, I lost my uh, grandpa. He uh, he was kind of the cowboy guy. Uh, oh, okay. He, uh, it's an homage to your grandpa. Sorry. Yeah, and that. the brother thing, it, it's something that we can talk about. And, you know, sometimes brothers don't talk all the time. And he's a little older than me, too. But that's the one thing that we kind of have connection with. So that, the cowboys mean a lot to me just because it's something about my family stuff. It's more about, like, you know, it's not just they win or lose. Obviously, they haven't won in, like, 20 years. But it's just a family thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because we grew up, that's the family thing for us too, is the Cowboys. You know, I, I did have two two brothers and, you know, my two brothers are eight and 12 years older than me. So they're much older yeah. than me. And, you know, ironic, ironically, we, we get talking about my family, my family from the East Coast, actually, my parents flew in today. My, my sister flies in tomorrow. My you know brother flies in the next day. So I got the whole family out here. So that's pretty cool, you know. So yeah, uh, you know that's pretty cool. So it is a long trip, and you know, post COVID, I haven't seen him in a while. So you know, hats off, hats off to the the Papa Game Theory, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the patriarch of the family, you know, is coming to visit. Eighty years old, and you know, lifelong cowboy fan, and you know, he still says, "Ah, you're a cowboy fan." He says to me all the time, you know. So <laughs> I appreciate that. It's cool, and in some ways, it was, but. You know, there was a, you know, so here's, here's something that's pretty interesting. In 1993, you know, you wonder why I stopped being a Cowboy fan. In 1993, there was a rift between Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. Yes. And it really upset me uh, that he ousted Jimmy Johnson that way. I understand it in hindsight, but at the time I was like in high school or something like that. So I was like, you know, fuck Jerry Jones and I'm a Jimmy Johnson fan. And at the same time, you know, uh, the Patriots, I almost said we, like, you know, I remember, but you know, the Patriots, Bob Kraft buys the team in 94, you know, they, they start, you know, Drew Bledsoe, the whole thing, it just starts to like, that's when it happened. So 93, 94, I was in high school. That's when I switched over. It was mm-hmm. like right then and there. I mean, those two marks of demarcation is exactly where it's at. Yeah, no, I understand that. And that's one of the other things, too. Like, I think fandom can get kind of crazy. Sometimes we, 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 we root for the jersey, right? And sometimes, like, stuff like that. Like, my, you know, that was a big thing. I love Jimmy. Jimmy's my guy. I like watching Jimmy and everything there. Um, I, I love the book. I don't know if you read the book. Uh, I read the book about the White House and Urban and all that stuff. I love that stuff. Like, that era was, a, that was crazy. Could you imagine if Twitter was freaking alive oh, back in the 90s? No. Everybody would be fired, obviously. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Like, could you imagine people taking pictures of the White House, like doing all that kind of stuff, looking at Urban? Yeah. All uh, I couldn't imagine what that would be like. But yeah, no, it was a fantastic time. I love, I love the aura of the Cowboys. I just need to get to the game. I got to go see a game one time before I get out of this world. No doubt, you definitely do. My my dad did go to the new stadium and said it's unbelievable. And yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> I famously saw, I think it was 1985, somewhere in there, 19. 
Nope. It was, it was later than that. Maybe 88, whatever it was. I can't remember. It was late eighties, early nineties, something like that. Maybe it was early nineties, uh, somewhere in there. I, I can't remember. I saw the, uh, the, the walk-off game where, where Herschel Walker took like a 75 yard touchdown yeah, yeah. in overtime to beat the Patriots by six in overtime in Foxborough in the old metal chairs. So yeah, I, that was, uh, I think that was the first game I ever went to, which was cool watching the Cowboys versus the Patriots and Herschel cuts them. Yep, and here we are. Cowboys yeah. versus Patriots, Mac Jones versus Dak Prescott. That's yes. what we got going on now. Well, I'll tell you, so let's get to it, man. Like, you know, first of all, in this game, uh, the Patriots can't block anybody. Uh, they can't throw it very far down the field. They don't have the, the weapons, and, and the quarterback is a rookie. So, and he plays, he's playing great, but he's playing close to the line of scrimmage. That doesn't seem to sound like a very good matchup against this Cowboys team who's probably going to sit on a route. Diggs yeah. is going to take one to the house. I mean, I just feel this like, I mean, if this is a bet, you got to take, you know, pick six for, for Diggs just because, you know, Mac doesn't have this big arm, so he doesn't push it to the outside. He really anticipates it to the outside. And, and I think Diggs is going to anticipate one on him and, and, and get him. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think it really comes down to can the Patriots run it all, right? Like Harris is injured. He's got he's inconsistent. He's fumbling. Is Ramondi Stevenson there? Like if we can stop them there, which I think we can, um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Mac. I will say I like Mac Jones though. Like yes. coming out, I was a fan. I'm still a fan. I, I see all those stupid tweets and all that stuff about how he hasn't pushed the ball downfield. Well, you know what? A lot of that's McDaniel's and Belichick. Let's be real. Hundred like, percent. Mac Jones can push the ball. Now, in Alabama, he had weapons. Waddle Smith, Mechie, he had those guys, so I get and it. And time. And time. Yeah, and he had time. That offensive line's a little banged up. Good. Yeah. It's just not It's just not. <laughs> they were missing four be. starters. They were missing yeah. four starters this last week. I mean, obviously, that's a problem. And against Dallas, even more so, because as you point yeah. out, they're going to have to move the ball, because I think Dallas will certainly be able to move the ball, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think that they can. I think that they can score there. I, I will say, like the thing about the Cowboys I've liked this season, very consistent and they're very balanced. And I think that's one area for fantasy purposes we we talked about. Like we thought that the defense is going to be a lot worse than it is. It's not. It looks good. It looks like they've hit on those draft picks. Um, Osa from UCLA, I like him. The defensive tackle, uh, I like. You know, Brent Urban, Chauncey Ghost, and all those guys. That defensive front is legit, and so that's going to kind of limit how much we do really throw the ball. But Dak's been efficient when he has, uh, and I just love that they've been efficient. I like. I, I just love that they're getting on the ground. Look at Zeke and and Tony Pollard this year. I mean, those two guys are legitimate, you know, running backs. 325 yards for Pollard already, 452 for Zeke. And I love that Zeke shitting on everybody. That is my favorite. That, that is everything. Because all those guys on Twitter, everything that I've seen, that Zeke was old, Zeke was done, Zeke was done. I said, hey, this, he's going to have a good year this year. He's going to have a good year this year. I yeah. knew he was going to have a good year. As long as he stayed healthy, there was no reason not to. Everything came back. Uh, and I love that about Zeke. I, and I, he's one of my favorite players ever. So yeah. I have to, I have to stay with him in that one. Yeah, and I think uh, look, I was all over Zeke this off season. I I didn't I wasn't perfect this off season for redraft, that's for sure. But um, I I I felt like Zeke was going to be a solid play this year um, as well. And and you're right, they they can win in so many different ways. I mean, just the weapon weaponry on one side versus the other is not even close. It's not close. Yeah. So the, the offense of the Cowboys is elite, arguably the best in the NFL in terms of just how well rounded they are. They've got two great backs, as you point out wide receivers all over the field. They've got two tight ends. I mean, they're really, yeah. really good. And, you know, the quarterback is playing at an extremely high level. Like, you watch a Cowboys game and you just see, like, true command 
of the yeah. game with Dak. He's so good right now. And, you know, I am a huge Dak fan. You know, uh, now people are realizing it's because I'm a secret closet cowboy fan. Now, I am a real big Dak fan because I felt like he just got, you know, one of the worst things that can happen to a player. And, you know, I'm always pulling for those guys. I famously hate injuries as a reason to win or lose. Um, it's just the worst stupid thing. I'm sure you agree with me with that. We had an awesome conversation before the show, man. You know, you're a you know a, a coach and everything. I, I love it. So I'm sure you you totally agree with that anti-injury take and and, and how much you, you, you must have been pulling for Dak this year. Yeah, I was pulling for him. I hate seeing injuries. We've seen it I, from my perspective coaching. The, the Cowboys always seem to – man, we just get – just we get screwed with some injuries lately and those issues that we have and then also we have a we have a guard that likes to you know bribe his his piss tester so stuff like yeah, that, that was, like we gotta we gotta figure that out i love Dak though i what you're saying is i think in one of the games i went to the charger game in person in la and i went and watched him play and i saw a stat something like Dak changed out of the play 21 times or something like <laughs> that and that just shows his 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 growth and i think that when you have a quarterback like that you you know you had brady like there it's just nice to watch because you're like, oh, this guy's going to lead us there. There's confidence now with Dak. Anytime we have a game-winning drive or anytime we're in that position, like, oh, he's going to win us this game. And that's how I love feeling as a as a Dallas fan. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, um, you know, we're going to talk about um, Dak and his place amongst the other quarterbacks in the league yeah. uh, a little later on. But I kind of want to touch – this is a dynasty show and – We've gone 20 minutes just talking about, you know, nonsense and, and fun <laughs> stuff. It's been a lot of fun, actually. But um, let, let's break let's break down your Dallas Cowboys. You talk about Zeke. You know, here's the thing with Zeke from a dynasty perspective is, you know, what all the those Twitter nerds were talking about is there's a cliff somewhere. We don't know where it is. I was with you. It didn't feel like it was going to be this year. Certainly Pollard uh, pushes Zeke a little bit. In other words, mm-hmm. if Zeke loses an inch – this kid's going to take a mile, right? Like, it's going to be like, oh, my God. Like, so Zeke is really being pushed by this kid, which is probably a good thing. Obviously, it's a good thing for the Cowboys organization. But in terms of Zeke going forward, what do you think of him in your dynasty ranks or just in a, in a dynasty lens? So I've always looked at Zeke as being a, a for for starting this year two year asset because I they there's no way they can cut him Agreed. next year it's it's yep. an eighteen million dollar cap hit there's nothing they can do next year so to me they're going to be a potential out after twenty twenty two so I always looked at it as a two year window for Zeke okay listen yep. if I'm on a contending team I'm going to grab Zeke and I do have Zeke on a couple a few rosters on my dynasty teams out there and I'm going to use him and I think that one thing that you'll I think this is going to be his big year I think as long as he stays healthy you're going to see him finish as a running back one and then next year maybe his value goes to running back two maybe if if Pollard exceeds and and can extend what he's doing I'm not on the Pollard train though like there's a lot of Pollard people out there that think he's a running back one I think he's a very good complimentary running back two like he's not sure He's not a. He's not going to step into that role right away, and and you see it. You see why they use Zeke and those other aspects. And so I think that for me, if you have him on a, de- a dynasty roster and you feel like you can compete this year and next year, go get him. And I still think you can get him for a pretty good value right now yes. because even though he's playing well, people will just think, oh, that Cliff's coming and whoever they listen to, do go grab him right now and have two years of a running back. And you see where the running backs go. He's been consistently healthy too. He's only been hurt one year. Like there's not a lot of baggage on him. Like realistically, would you rather have Zeke or Saquon? Right. I know we're going to talk right. about Barkley a little bit but that's a real argument now yeah no doubt and you know i saw a zeke for saquon trade what was it man like a couple of years ago and i was yeah. like wow like it was straight up and it was like saquon's for sure the better asset at that time he was he was like the 1.01 zeke was yeah. 
you know, right there, but Saquon was on the pedestal. And, and I was like, you know, of course we all sort of like, what the fuck you got to get profit if you're getting Zeke. And here we are. Right. And that trade now, you know, you've gotten more out of Zeke than you got out of Saquon the last couple of years. And here going forward again, he's hurt again. I mean, I'm going to ask you, let's, let's jump it. We'll come back. Is Saquon injury prone or is he just unlucky? I think he's just unlucky. Like I, yeah. I think, um, you know, Adam Hutchinson. He he's guys with you guys. I, I talk to him a lot. Like I like him, and I, I, he he talks about injury prone. Is that real? And like I don't think it is. I think he just had these two injuries. I mean, and even you know, actually three years ago he had the other injury too with his ankle too. I I, I saw something. I could not believe this. Is like is Zeke gonna or excuse me is Barkley gonna go down as the biggest what if in fantasy and NFL history? Jesus. And I'm yeah. like, he might go down as that because at yes. a certain point, we talk about a cliff. He's at right. more of a cliff than these other guys because he's had these injuries that he's had. Yes, um, absolutely, man. And like, I, I get worried about that. High ankle sprain, ACL. Now this really ugly looking regular low ankle sprain. That thing was yeah. was rolled up and swolled up like a beach ball. Like that thing did not look good. I mean, he is superhuman. I, I don't know if you view so there was there was a picture of that injury like on on the internet and there are veins in his calves. Did you see that? Like yeah. the front of his <laughs> shin has like these vein muscles. You're like, dude, what is going on with your legs, bro? They're just um, he's unbelievable. He, I I, th- I do think that, but I also think like you look at the offense. What offense would you rather want? The Cowboys or the Giants for the next two? Come years? on, yeah, of course. There, I think it's just one of those things where Barkley ran into a, a terrible situation, and he is talented. Don't uh, get me wrong. Like I think it was two years ago before his ACL injury that that year the CMC had like we almost had like more than Ladanius Thomason PBR points. Uh, I think the last three games of the year he was neck and neck with uh, <clears throat> CMC when he came back healthy. That's the ceiling. That's legit Saquon ceiling. I don't right. think we're gonna ever see that. That again i really don't i think that I he's know. a very average running back now running back two ish with that offense and now if he leaves or whatever and we see what's going on there maybe the case but i mean do the giants i i what are they going to do with him especially they're in a limbo right that team is awful that line is yeah. awful Dan- daniel daniel jones is not the deal the wide receiver crew is not good um so to me i think Zeke's hey a better asset right now hey now hold on the wide receiver crew is now great. And oh, I'm God. telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, you know, I am the, I am famous for calling him cadaver, the Tony. Uh, I had so much fun at, at Kadarius Tony's expense in the off season that it is, I mean, it's famous, but the fact of the matter is, is that one of my sayings is be ready to be wrong. And I am a hundred percent ready to be wrong about Kadarius Tony. Should okay. I be, or should I just hold to my guns? You know, um, I, I think we're going to redraft there a little bit. I, I would say this for Kadarius Tony. Like, I liked Kadarius. I was never one of those guys that made fun of him. I thought that he was fine at Florida. I was worried about that late breakout. Um, and I'm not an analytics guy, to be honest with you. I love film more, but I do see the value in it. So when I looked at it, I did worry about that. And I was completely worried about him going to the Giants because I was like, damn it, yeah. couldn't he have just gone somewhere else? But you know what? As far as this season goes, no one else is there. Kenny Galladay is a shell of himself. They're going to throw the ball at someone. And you know what Tony can do? He can separate and get open. And that matters right. to me. I don't think it's overrated that he can do that. <sighs> no if way. If he can do that, look what Sterling Shepard did. And Sterling Shepard is, is, I don't want to say old, but he's not at the level <laughs> of athleticism as Tony. So you're going to see that. If you can get open, he's going to get the targets, right? He's going to earn targets. You're, you're 100% right. So I, I you, you touched on something that's most important, which was, you know, the late breakout and all. Look, look, if you took all the late breakout senior 
wide receivers drafted in the first round, it's the worst group of wide receivers you've ever seen in your life. Like, it's just awful. (laughs) Like, it is miss after miss after miss after miss. Kevin White, Kevin White. Like, it's just, it's awful. Okay? It's the worst group of players. So, you're a moron if you don't take that into consideration. You're also a moron if you didn't seek Darius Toney running, like, whip routes, like, at, you know, um... Uh, 15 yards down the field on Trevon Diggs and like losing him by a mile across the middle of the field wide open. Like if you didn't see that play, it's pretty impressive. And, and it's not like one play Uh, it's play after play. This kid is playing awesome and he's doing it, you know, uh, right off the bat. I mean, this production is real. His look, I always said never, never doubted anything but the profile for the most part, because, and, and the only other thing I ever doubted, I always said he was an amazing athlete, and an awesome football player. That's a quote from me for sure. So when I've had real thought and put put out about him here on this podcast, as opposed to on Twitter, where of course I just make fun of him all the time. But uh, you know, when I when I get the takeout, was he's a great football player. I didn't know if he was a great wide receiver. Some of these routes he's running is starting to change that for me right away because he's running real good routes at all le- levels of the field. He's not just bubble screening and uh, no he's running down the field it's really impressive and i am ready to be wrong on Kadarius tony how wrong i don't know that's what's exciting this kid's fun he's fun and i gotta give a shout out i, I believe it's tyke tolbert he's the wide receiver coach for the giants like he's hmm. legit i think he's coached it for like almost 20 years um he's coached all over the place like he is he's legitimate there and i think he's doing a good job with tony victor cruz yeah. victor cruz mario manningham hakeem nicks yeah. like They've had a, I mean, Odell Beckham was the best wide receiver he was on that team. If you're saying this is a pretty interesting take, he might be being very well coached. And you know what? He needed it, right? Yeah, he needed it. And also, like Dan Mullen and in Florida's program, then I mean, I like Mullen, but the coaching and the and the development is never really there. It's, it's he struggles with that part. So he definitely need that. And you know what he needed? He just needed. This is why I get a little bit worried with Tony, though. He needs someone to rein him in a little bit, and he needs right. like I know Judge is there, but I, I don't know. You know Judge. I, Judge is an interesting coach. Like I think that he can. I think that there is some discipline there. If he can get that in and just be a just play, like I mean, the dude punched somebody in the face with a helmet on like there's right. there there's that level of maturity he's a young kid though i did stupid shit at 23 too so i, yeah. I do think that i didn't think that he's gonna be better I, hey you know what we can't say that he's not gonna be good because i think that he's gonna get the targets and if you earn targets you earn targets and i don't care what you i'll put you in my fantasy lineup i was drafting him in the third rounds like he would fall to the third round i was taking him because i'm like hey who am i gonna take him or larry roundtree i like larry right. roundtree but let's be real what's really yeah. Roundtree's ceiling and right. so it's like hey i'm gonna take tony and i have him on a couple dynasty rosters because i i just said hey you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot on him. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, of course I couldn't because of, I had to be on brand. So I always passed over him. I would take like, never mind Larry Roundtree. I would take like JV and Hawkins ahead of him. No, I'm joking. Yes. I never drafted JV and Hawkins yes. ever. I didn't draft darling. one. Zero shares, zero cares. Sayonara JV and Hawkins. Never believed in a single part of it. Just so you know. I mean, no. what are you talking about? Get the hell out of here. I mean, uh, I don't even <laughs> want to get started there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kadarius though. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm really impressed. I think he's going to be fantastic, and you know, it's you're right. It can be one of those guys that just like goes off the off the reservation and, and just punching dudes every other time. And they can't keep him. But my big thing now is once I've seen it, if I've seen someone perform and they were a fifth round pick, it's one thing. Like I love James Robinson, but I was I was a scared of him because of the undrafted situation. Now, of course. Yeah. 
that whole boomerang situation in Jacksonville. I'm so happy he's back at the top in this way. It's like glorious. Like I couldn't have been more right the whole way. Um, but, um, you know, and yet all the, all the James Robinson's defenders who thought that they wouldn't draft a, a running back somehow still win. That's the only part I don't like. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at every one of you guys who was like, they're not going to take a running back. Whoopsie Daisy. And then now you're sitting on the RB five. Fuck you. Oh, fuck yeah. all those guys. I just want to say that out loud. Are you with me? Yo, I'm with you. Cause I was the biggest <laughs> sell. I was the biggest sell James Robinson guy out there. And, uh, and I still was in dynasty. I said, Hey, this is the time to sell him because I know they're going to draft a running back. Cause you don't, you underestimate urban Meyer's dumbass. And then when they yes. drafted him, I was so excited. Cause I was like, I, I went back and I was liking tweets from like December when I said to sell him and just being oh. petty. I'm usually not that petty, but I was no, petty this time. It. No, do I was it. Getting- of course, be that. But it's not even petty. It's fucking fun. And if you see that and get triggered, that's on you. Like, you don't you, – how many times do you think people do that to me? Of course they do. And I love it every time. I yeah. get so excited. I'm like – like, first of all, this is the thing. You should be – Whatever that is, but do not call that shit petty. That is fun. It's a fucking social thing. It's all fake bullshit, nothing on Twitter. Do that shit every time. And if it's me, do it to me. And if you want to call up and retweet and fucking quote tweet my Kadarius Tony takes, have at it. It's Twitter. It's awesome. I did it yeah. to myself. You saw the tweet. What did you think of that laughing. one? I was, yeah. I was dying. I was, I thought yeah. that was funny. I appreciate that because there's a lot of guys that take this shit too seriously. And so I'm Fuck always like, that. yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I agree. <sighs> but no, I went back and I was like liking all this stuff. And then of course ETN gets hurt and I'm like, oh, those mother, I knew they were going to say something to me or say, cause I, I was like, but you don't get the, you don't get the victory lap that one. Like, you don't, no, that's no. not, you're not, no, you get to there. quietly walk to the front of the line and just eat your yeah. sandwich. You, you just, just walk to the front of the line quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I was right, but it's okay. Yeah. Like, you, you know, but yeah, I agree. I, but that's all, you know, dynasty is a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard game and it's mean and it, it'll eat you up <laughs> and it's quick and it's and turnover happens fast. But that first round draft capital is what's working in Kadarius Tony's mm-hmm. favor. That's mm-hmm. why he was a more stable asset than a lot of these guys. And, you know, I think we're going to get there, but I wanted to be like, you know, talk about a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, much better profile, He's, he's playing pretty well. You know, he's doing what we thought he would do. Like he's more of a sort of slot, you know, volume guy. And obviously Kadarius Tony's out playing him. I'm not going to say that, but like both of them are playing good. You're happy with both guys. If you've seen what you've seen so far, but I'm on raw with that fourth round draft capital scares me. He could be easily, um, you know, Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Amon Ra coming out because he's a good football player. You mentioned that earlier. Like, I love watching him at USC because that dude just balled. Like, and he just scored touchdowns everywhere. This I comped him to like I think he could be like have a Tyler Boyd like career. Yeah. Like, yeah. he could be solid, saw a slot guy there. But you know, you're yeah. right about Tony's draft capital. I mean, that's a real thing, and and that's what we always look for. And everybody just kind of shit on that, and they just overlooked it. But if they're going to use him in this way, I mean, realistically, like let's just be honest, like. Could Tony be their wide receiver one next year? A hundred percent right now. This he is could. crazy. Like right? it's no, no. The way that he's playing, I'm open to all options because yeah. as soon as look, most of the time these guys come in and they're unable to crack the code. They're just unable. They're 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 just unable to run a crisp route where they're open. They're unable to you know shake the defender. They're unable to make the catches in traffic. They're unable to do a lot of these things at just the highest level. 
And so far, Kadarius Tony's been successful. So that means he's already crossed a huge hurdle. Me and Mike Lou talked about it. There's sort of he he talks about his, sort of there's gatekeepers. He's like, once you've done it, you've done it. Like I'm not I, I'm not arguing anymore. He he didn't he famously yeah. didn't like Terry McLaurin coming in based off of a lot of data points and information and understanding and and then he saw Terry McLaurin be good. He's like, fucking no, he's good. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I'm not still on that take. It's over. Like, and that's the way I feel. Like, whatever, that's the, uh, that's the definition of be ready to be wrong. I'm so happy that, you know, Kadarius is doing well because now I'm ready to not be a, I'm I'm everybody's fan. You know, when, like, I'm not cheering for him to not do well. I just predicted that the profile looked like shit coming in. Like, that's it. Now, if he's good, it's like, well, that's fun as fuck. Let's go watch him be good. But he's past that one sort of checkpoint that now, he really has to regress, in my opinion, to not be at least a good football player in the NFL. That's where he's at, in my opinion. So you want him or Visca going forward this year? Oh, this year, Kadarius Tony, not close. Okay. okay. Not close. Yeah. That's K- what I Kadarius, think, Yeah. I'm not I mean, a Visca guy. I was never a Visca guy. I just know that he gets <clears throat> he gets pub in the community. I was always thought he got, he got over overdrafted in there. I I just think Tony, based on the targets that we've seen, and, and Visca just hasn't earned those. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Dynasty, I think the question is interesting, um, yes. especially if Chark leaves, if, if that's going to happen or not. But, I, you know, it, it's I interesting. I think I still lean Visca slightly, but ever so slightly, which is Close. what – yeah, which is what I, you know, I tweeted just before I got on the show tonight, uh, Wednesday night. I tweeted, I was doing my rankings, you know, yeah. uh, my weekly ranks. You know, I do them through Fantasy Pros and we push them over to the site, which is fun. So I get to see how I do against all you guys too. But um, I, I, I was literally, I put Kadarius Tony in a spot and I noticed he was one spot ahead of Allen Robinson for the week. And I'm like, holy shit. I just ranked Kadarius Tony ahead of Allen Robinson. Yeah. Like that's where we are. Welcome yeah. to the welcome to 2021. Welcome to fantasy. I mean, that's how quick it goes, though. Like it just you have to be, you know, and that's why you can't be complacent in dynasty. You have to make moves. You have to change your roster because overnight it literally can turn old, and you're just now you're screwed. And so you can't get complacent that way. But yeah, you know, you're right, Allen Robinson. That's a RIP, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard a good stat. Um, I think I was listening to Ian Harditz, and uh, he had mentioned that. Uh, the last two years or something, he'd seen 151, 154 and his 17 uh, targets and a 17 game pace for targets is right now at 99. So like the targets are just not there. The, yeah. the volume is just not there in Chicago. Um, and there's real, no, there's really no sign of it turning around for Allen Robinson. How are you treating Allen Robinson in, in dynasty? I mean, is he a buy? Because we know he's good and he's cheap as hell. And I mean, if you, if you're holding him, you certainly don't want to sell him. No, I mean, he's in that weird limbo, right? Like in that dead zone. Like I, as uh, someone who has him on a team that's not doing well because of injuries right now, I don't want to sell him yet. I want to wait until he goes to a new team. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait because you can still get, people don't realize you don't need to sell him for a second round pick, right? That's just stupid. That's just bad dynasty. Just wait. You're going to suck anyway. Then just wait until the off season. And when he gets moved, then you can move him and kind of maneuver a little bit. Um, but if you're trying to buy him, yeah, I mean, you could you could try. But, I mean, how much is he ever going to finish higher than a wide receiver two right now? I, I'm just nervous about that offense. And him, <sighs> Mooney and Fields have a good relationship. You saw the targets yeah. that went to Mooney. They're roommates, I believe. Like, there's something there oh, with that. Shower narrative. 
Shower so narrative. You, Fuck. You got, you got the roomy thing, you know, and then you know you have that. And so you have a little bit of everything there. I think that – I and that offense is a mess, and Nagy I don't trust. You know, I just yeah. don't trust Nagy. So no. if you want to him, you can. He's probably pretty low. But if you're an owner, I don't know why you try to get rid of him right now. Yeah, I mean, no, that's my point. That's why I think he's a little bit of a buy. I don't trust Nagy at all. Uh, uh, the only thing I trust is that he'll be fired soon and replaced. But, <laughs> I mean, hope. you know, you would hope, man. So, like, it's like, uh, you know, I don't understand. Like, Shad Khan, I said it last week. Like, why didn't he just fire uh, Urban Meyer? Like, n- not not just because he was elbow deep in a girl's anus. Like, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. Like, that part's you know, like the cherry on top. Sorry for the pun, but like he, he, like he sucks. He's zero and five. Like he drafted ETN in the first round. Like the maybe he did. Who knows who did? But <clears throat> nothing he's doing is working. Like none, nothing. So why not just fire him? Like oh, your hand was up some girl's ass. Oh, you're fired. Then like let's just let's just move on. Like he's like you have to regain trust. What the fuck are you talking about? Just get rid of the dude. Like who yeah. shit? of course it's money, right? It's money and doing all that stuff, but bring it back. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you. I found some trades for Allen Robinson real quick. Love I know this. We're, going, we're just going no, off. Of, we're just going off script. Fuck it. All right. So we, I love it. Allen Robinson for Mark Andrews and a third round pick. This is before Mark. the breakout game. This is before the breakout game. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Of course it is. I mean, of course now it's easy to say. So so you can't do that one. Move okay. Because of course Alan, it's Andrews for me there. I mean, and this went straight up. This was straight up. This happened. Allen Robinson for Tony Pollard. I mean, geez, Louise, right? I mean, <laughs> a lot of it depends on roster construction, lineup, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, Alan Robinson might be a wider, like your wide receiver three, and Pollard's buried by like four stud backs, and it's a good trade, right? Yeah. It, it, it still gives you. I can't believe Alan Robinson going straight up for Tony Pollard right now. Like, I know. That is like a, that's like a, what the hell? I mean, and another it's one. A slam I, dunk, though. <laughs> I cannot believe that Darius Geis is still getting traded. I saw no. this on DLF, and I could not hey believe no. it. It was Darius Geis and a first-round pick next year for Allen Robinson. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, I like it. The <laughs> fact that Darius was was like, wait a second. There's so many questions I have about that trade, right? Because like we all play, we all play fucking dynasty, and it's like he either was like, dude, throw in Darius Geis and I'll do it. Like, you know, <laughs> what I mean? He's like, like, is yeah. that what he got it? Yeah, you got hey, you got to throw on guys, baby. Or I'm not doing that deal. That's that's the cherry on top. But essentially, essentially, it's a first round pick and just nothing. Whatever Darius guys, I think Darius guys is a penal system still or wherever he's at. Like I don't know what's going on there, but I don't know if I'd give up a first right now for Allen Robinson. To be honest with you, I don't think I'd do it. Not right maybe, now. Maybe guys is like, look, take guys and I'll <laughs> yeah. do the fucking yeah. You know, it was the other way around. It was he's the he's the negative quotient. But um, but yeah, I don't think so either. Although a 22 first is probably if, if especially if you're a good team, I think it's fine. It's fine. I don't, know, man. I don't like this class. You know, I mean, there's going to be some really good wide receivers in the class. So I suppose if you're going to replace them with a wide receiver, it's a good sell. Maybe it's a good buy too. I mean, look, he commands 150 targets a season. He's been playing great. Like, if the volume goes up, his 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 target percentage is good. Like, it could turn around. I'm not predicting it will, but it could. And like you say, next year. What's he gonna be? Twenty eight. I mean, it's not. Yeah. He's not done. 
no, he's not done. I mean, and when we think about where he could go, and there, there's a bunch of different places. Um, I want him to go with obviously a good quarterback and stuff. But I mean, the number one thing, like if you would say you went to the Colts, I know the Colts are going to need someone. Hilton's going to be gone wherever. Maybe he goes there. But again, that scares me. Carson Wentz, the Jets, I know need a wide receiver. There's going to be a lot of different areas to go. Um, and, but if he commands 150 targets, then we're happy with it. Um, right. But this year's worried me a little bit. Uh, Robinson's scaring me. Yeah, no doubt. Moving on. Someone who's not scaring me is Jamar Chase. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing now is like Jamar Chase. First of all, I've also announced an awesome Jamar Chase. I got a, I sold, I sold DK Metcalf for Jamar Chase in a 23 first and feel real great about that one. Oh, like yeah. That one? I, I like that one. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a biggest Chase fan as, as you can, as you can imagine. So mm-hmm. I'm all about Chase. Yeah, that was when he was dropping passes in uh, yeah. in the preseason game, and everybody was like, "Oh, is he just like a bad player?" I was like, "I think he's probably not." If anybody wants to fucking give him to me, I'll take him. Um, so, but is now that we've seen it? Here's another one, right? So, like, we're not sure if he's this or that, dude. He's awesome, and he's gonna yes. be awesome. So, the question is, he's your dynasty wide receiver? What right now? This is. I've been looking at my rankings. I am super interested to hear your take on this. So right now, so when I was looking at my rankings, he's my wide receiver five overall. That's how high yeah. I have him. Yeah. So uh, I have Jefferson, Adams, C.D. Hill, and Chase. Those are my top five. Awesome. Love it. So say it again. Say it for so the I listeners. Have, so I got Jefferson. I got Adams. I got um, Hill, C.D. Lamb, and then I have Jamar Chase right there at five. Interesting. Interesting. And, and you could make an argument for him – like if you just went straight up trade, like if someone was like, "Hey, I just traded Devonte Adams for Jamar Chase," you'd be like, hmm, "Pretty good trade, dude." You like could put you know what I mean? Two, yeah. No, you, you the, could. You could say Jefferson. I mean, Jefferson seems like a tough one to to move ahead of, and Hill is just so great. But right, like you could be like, "No, he's gonna be awesome." Like he's right there. I, yeah, I do think. Already. I think for sure right now, him and Lamb are kind of a question. Everybody knows I love CD Lamb, but this kid's playing really good, and, and uh, he's you know. I want to go back to CD Lamb because we were going to talk about this. What do you think of the of of CD Lamb specifically as a as, as a as a buy low right now? Like, is he kind of like he? What do you have? He just hasn't done too much. Do you think he's a buy low? Like, do you think people are a little asleep on on CD right now, or is what do you think here? Yeah, I, I well, okay. So like, I know he hasn't had the greatest game um, the last the last few. I, he did okay, but I don't know if he's a buy low. Uh, but he's maybe like just a buy at market price right now, right? Like he's someone that you can probably get at pretty good value. So you can go out there. I, I saw him go for Kyle Pitts in a non tight end premium. That's what I'm getting at, like I, I, I know good. that I know that, that most people have him as a top five wide receiver in dynasty, right? Yeah. Like in their rankings, but I don't see him valued that way often in terms of marketplace. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's valued much higher in the fantasy space than he is in like real leagues, I feel like. I think that a lot of guys think, like me, I love CD. I'm a big CD guy as a Cowboy guy. Um, but no, you're 100% right. I think that you can get him for other guys because I think um, we kind of tend to overvalue these guys a little bit in, in different spaces. And I think that in regular fantasy leagues that you can jump on quickly, um, I think you can get him for a good price. I agree. I think like the Kyle Pitts of the world, like people that think they're going to break out and do those type of things, especially that positional advantage, I think you can. But I think Ty- 
tight ends are overrated in a little bit. I, I'm not yeah. a big. I think if you can get CD for Pitts, I'll do that, and I'll just go find Dawson Knox, right? Like I'll just, yeah, right. I'll, yeah. I'll just go find a tight end. Like it's not even that. It's not that hard. People make it seem like it's that hard. It's not. Just go get right. CD because CD, what he's going to be able to do for your team is going to be more than probably what Pitts will do over the long term. Depending on what you think of Pitts, if you think Pitts is generational, fine. That's fine. But I think CD is going to be fine. I do think CD might be. I think Cooper might be gone next year. I know Gallup's going to be gone. <clears throat> well, that's Cedric the question, Wilson right? Is good. So. That's right. Cedric so either, Wilson. He's not bad, him. man. He's buy a, him a, dude, I have Cedric Wilson on so many dynasty teams. <laughs> like everybody who who plays dynasty with me can look it up. I'm, I fucking got Cedric Wilson. So don't don't look. I've got him. He's just a perfect. He was the perfect buy um, because of the the offense and yeah. like. I don't know if – like because in a lot of startups, you'd be drafting the the, the quote-unquote WR4 for whatever team. You know what yeah. I mean? And and they'd be taking like shit bags from all, bad offenses ahead of Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson was an afterthought. And, and I think a lot of times it was because um, people looked at it as, well, he's behind those three. And I looked at it like he's on that offense. You know, that's the value for Cedric Wilson. What if – what if all of a sudden Amari got hurt right now? Like, and Gallup was out and Amari, like, dude would start getting targeted for sure. Yeah. No, I, he's going to do that. The thing about the thing with Cedric <laughs> is, like you said, he's a legit option. And like you mentioned, if the, anybody gets hurt there, and look what happened with Gallup. And I think Gallup's yeah. gone. I think Cedric's going to be the wide receiver three next year. I, I they, He's fell in that possible. role. He, he's looked good. I think Gallup's going to move on because I think he's going to get a contract somewhere else. They're not going to bring him back. And then Cooper's there, I think, for one more year. I don't know I what they're going to do. I think one more year. I think yeah. it's one more year. Like I looked at the contract uh, at some point here recently, and I think it's I think it's one more year. It doesn't, but but they could get rid of him. I think, uh, but I, I don't think so. I think it's one more year, and so it's probably Lamb and Cooper next year. Gallup gone, and then Lamb and who knows who whoever because yeah. the, maybe Cooper discount. Who knows at that point? You know, it's a little bit down the line. Maybe he'll restructure one of you know how it goes. But um, we'll see about all that. Yeah, we'll see. I, actually, you know, I just checked out Cooper's contract. He does have a six million cap hit after this year if they cut him. So if not, so dead cap wise, I think they might keep him again because they have. They're not going to cut him. You know what I no. mean? Yeah, that, they're, like, not that isn't, that. they're not going to cut him. That's not going to happen because he's well, still one of the hands. Top, you know. Cowboy fans think they will. You, you, Cowboy no. fans can be a little unrealistic when you're in group chats. Just let you guys know. I'm in a couple of Cowboy group chats that I don't want to be in anymore. But they won't cut him. Uh, <laughs> but they could, you know, I think Gallup's gone. But they, they might trade him. him, do those type of things with him. Um, but no, I think those three guys are going to be there. And I think Lamb's okay. But I do say, you know, you know, Cooper cuts into Lamb's targets. Cooper cuts into Lamb's stuff, I think, yeah. more than we expected. And the defense being better, them running the ball more, that's going to cut into Lamb's ceiling too. We thought he was going to be at his ceiling, but I think the other things that happened that we didn't really account for. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that happened is the pace of play and the fact that the Cowboys yes. aren't throwing the ball as much and that their defense is better. You hit it, man. That's exactly correct. And now we're looking at it saying um, th- this is why I wanted to touch the Cowboys a little bit because I feel like all three of these guys, and maybe now you say Cedric, all four of these wide receivers are all by lows. Maybe Cooper's a little bit at his ceiling because he's playing really well. But you know, at least they're all – okay to buy because they're I think you I think you see the pathway for Lamb where Gallup leaves next year and it's it's Lamb and Cooper and and you see the the offense kind of move it have to throw a little bit more I think you know they can't be this good all year defensively and offensively where the game script is just so anti-pass especially when last year they found themselves in a 
in a lot of those games. I feel like it's going to turn around. Obviously, Diggs making some some big plays on defense has really also taken possessions away from them because yeah. you score you know quickly on the defense because of the turnover. So it's been a little bit you know the volume just hasn't been there. Uh, and I think it's going to change a little, maybe not as much as it was first five games of last year, but it's going to be back around. It will. I think it will. It'll come there. And I think they're going to lean on Dak a little bit too, um, as you get into the, into the season a little bit more. Um, and, and I think it'll, I think Zeke and Pollard will come back to mean a little bit. I think they're still be fine, but I think they're going to throw the ball more. They're going to get CD more involved. I love, and I want to move that. I want to see them move CD in a slot because he's a legitimate slot receiver. Like yeah. if they can move him out there, I think he can get the targets there. Yeah. And, and Gallup is obviously a buy because nobody's heard from him. And yeah. so, no, <laughs> seriously. He's, I love yeah, Gallup, I know, man. Huh? I know, huh? And he's a buy, but getting back to my man, Jamar Chase, like I, I agree with you. I think he's right there in terms of, you know, being uh, you know a, a, a top wide receiver, and I just I'm I'm ready to put him almost as high as anybody wants to put him. Like mm-hmm. that's where he's at. Um, but I wanted to ask you about the the wide receivers in the in the 21 class or the yeah, the 21 class that um, that went behind him because you and I would both obviously take Jamar Chase if we were redrafting the 2021 class again. But uh, you know, after Chase, I think it all becomes a question. I guess it's more exciting if I give you the first pick. So we're just going to kind of redraft the 2021 wide receivers real quick with a little, you know, commentary, whatever, what the fuck we want to talk about. You know what I mean? But we're just going to do it. So the floor is yours, bro. No, I, I, real quick about Chase. I can't believe someone actually had him as wide receiver seven, but we'll we'll move on from that because someone out there did have him at that. But yeah, I don't you know it wasn't me. That's for sure. I, I don't, don't want to talk homie. about that. That hurt my soul when I saw that. I was like, "Come on, guys, what are we doing here?" All <laughs> oh, right, so. I remember. I remember who that was. Yes. Oh, see, you know, you do this. See, like I don't. You know, you're. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I forgot why I loved you so much, and now I love you more. Anyway. All right. To the people who know, God bless you all. God bless you guys. All right. You know what? I'm still taking Jalen Waddle as my wide receiver two in this class. I love Waddle. Holy smokes. I'm I'm still – he was my wide receiver two coming out of of college. Um, I know that he hasn't had the greatest, but you know what? I I do think that – come on. You got Jacoby Brissett throwing his ass the ball. I do think if Tua comes back, we're going to see a little bit better. Um, you, you saw in that first game, he had four receptions, five targets, six one yards, and a touchdown. I don't see how like he's not going to. You see a little bit, and I'm still taking Waddle based on his his ability and just his big playability. I love Waddle. Wow. Well, that was a shocker. Let me just tell you, you did not steal him from me. But no, that okay. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I don't like the pick. I'm just telling you, it's not where I'm at. But at the same time, I understand it. Like he does have big playability. He is extremely electric and he's had also kind of some shit uh, you know around him with you know a broken Jacoby Brissett and like yes you know I mean this is you know not good over there so and he's um, the wide receiver one on that team right like he is the yeah. wide receiver one like and so when I look at it he's wide receiver one he's getting two a back we're, we're gonna see maybe him come back from this so like I'm still on that I try not to overreact too much the first few weeks of the season and I still think Waddle can be that guy well, and one of the biggest surprises of all season was that Will Fuller got hurt, which we never see. So that was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a curveball we didn't see coming. But I, I, I will go next, and for me, it's still Devonte Smith. He was my wide receiver too, okay. uh, in the process, and kind of just by default, like just because body of work and you know uh, draft cap, and you know the body is fine. Like he's he's tall and lean. Obviously, the weight was a huge concern and issue, but. 
you know, there's always something. I was just kind of like, well, fuck it, you know. Uh, so he's <laughs> so he's light. Hopefully that his legs don't break. Like really, that's it. Because like yeah. his legs are sticks. That's his deal. Like he's that's it. He has little tiny stick legs. Like that's what he has. But if those stick legs don't break, I think he's gonna be fine. He'll be all right. I think that's fine. I, I, I the biggest question for me is: Is Hurts really going to be that guy moving forward? I love Hurts in redraft. Is uh, the Eagles are an incompetent franchise? So the whole thing is: Is like can can they surround that with Hurts? Um, but I like that pick. I like Devonta. He's my wide receiver. I would have picked him next. That, that's who yeah. I, I mean, with. it's fair. I, I I mentioned on the on the pod last week. Um, you know the the Kansas City game that I saw Jalen play uh, was. He was really impressive again he against was. a team that a lot of people are impressive against. But you know, so I, I probably need to watch. I didn't watch him this week to be square, so uh, I missed it. So I, I didn't see it. So I'm not going to speak to the way he looked. Um, but you know, there's something to it, man. He 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 looked really good a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, that, that, I'm not basing everything off of that. But you know, in in fantasy, he's been a, a QB one like every single week. I, I don't know that that says much. Other than like he's just kind of productive. No, but really yeah. like because a lot of it's no, running. And I get it. I've always yeah. said the quarterback position is you know is 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 thrown on time and on target and you know I mean that's what it is. And but I thought he was doing that a lot more so far this year. So yeah, no, I I agree. I think the hardest thing for us to do is separate fantasy from good quarterback. From yes, fantasy quarterback. That's the hardest thing for everybody to do. All right, I'll go with uh I'm gonna go with my boy Rashad Bateman. I'm not out on him yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach a little bit, but I'm gonna go with Bateman. In that offense, they're not going to run the ball at all this year. They can't. They don't have any good running backs. Uh, and <laughs> Lamar's been there. And if Lamar can continue to throw like this with what he's doing with Marquise Brown and Andrews, Bateman's going to slide right in there. And I think we're going to see that talent. He just got injured, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I love this. And I was if, if I were on the clock, I would have been between Bateman and the guy I would take next. And I'm not sure who I would have taken if I was on the clock. But when you took him, I was like, well, that's one of them. So that's I'm fine. Right? You know, I'm fine with it. I yeah. don't know if push come to shove who I was taking. Um but love Bateman, and and you're right. Like one of the most encouraging things too was you know Lamar Jackson setting the completion percentage record for throws over 40 and yards over 400. Like, yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, oh, so he is good. Like, he looked really good. Um, you know, I love it when he plays that way too. Like, I like he the re, the, the the run option thing they do, the RPOs, and sort of the 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 read option where you know he puts it in the belly of the back and and reads the end and makes some plays and they run down your throat. Like that's really cool. But when they have to play like that, when he's in the shotgun there, he's really good. And he's really good when he can sort of control it. Like you play in Madden. I know this sounds ridiculous, but like, you're like, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it, but I'm keeping an eye on my running lanes. Yeah. And he does that. Like he's able to keep his head up, but is like, he just has the instinct for, Oh, I can gash him for 30. And he just fucking takes your heart with 30 yards. You're like, God damn it you know and so like he just he just continues to make plays with his legs when he needs to and puts enough pressure on the defense that way that some of the throws are more easy for him and he was a master of it this past week which was awesome to see you know he was i i i'm a big lamar stan because i think he gets shit on out there for no reason dude that guy's a gamer like i think he accounted for all of their yards over 500 yards except for like 20 it's like come on it was unbelievable yes this dude is just special and like you know what he might not throw the tightest spiral Mm -hmm. but this dude can play football and like you're not a lamar guy doesn't come along very much michael vick lamar these guys don't they don't come along very long just 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 embrace how good they are yeah, he's amazing. Like he's really awesome. He is a gamer. You know that he's he's won a few games where I'm like, I mean, he's shown it every time. Like, 
I don't know, man. I absolutely love him. He's he's slowly growing into one of those guys that if you're like, first of all, like you know how it is. Like you're either down two or down like five with like a minute and a half left. Like he's becoming one of the guys that you're like, yeah, I'll take Lamar. Like yeah. you know who's the who's that guy that can get you down the field no matter fucking what. And obviously Brady has shown that, and you know Herbert's yeah. in there, Mahomes, and you know Russell Wilson, now Kyler, and but you know Dak, and all of a sudden you're like. Wait, Lamar too, man. He can get your ass down the field in that like last moment. Um, yeah. Which, if he can do that, they're they're dangerous, and that's why I think Bateman is so you know intriguing because he's fucking open right now. Like wherever he is right now, he's probably open, and <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to play that way. Like he's just going to be able, to, especially with the pressure that Marquise Brown, who by the way, Marquise Brown re-earned his Hollywood name, San Bernardino. Fuck that. He is no longer mm-hmm. San Bernardino Brown until further notice. Hollywood Brown, welcome back, baby. I always believed in you, homie. But um <laughs> but Bateman and 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 Marquise Brown and Andrews, the way they stretch the field, I think he could have a lot of space and and I love that pick. Yeah. No, I think he can do he can create separation. I think he can be a red zone target as well. So I think he can score touchdowns for these guys. I think he's yes. gonna open up that offense even more. I think you know what? The Ravens are fucking good. Like they are they're <sighs> Fuck. They're sneaky yeah. good in that in that so in that good. team. And that offense is better. I mean, if they didn't lose a couple of the corners that they had, like <laughs> I think they could have been really good. But I, I do think that offense is sneaky good. So it's pretty interesting because I'm I'm deciding between a couple of players. I'm gonna take one, but I'm very curious who you take next. For me, right now it's Rondale Moore. Okay. Rondale Moore, boy oh boy, he could have been taken as early as pick one of this little draft for yeah. sure. I am. I would have no problem if you took him ahead of Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Bateman. No problem whatsoever. That's where he's at right now. The ceiling is the roof, as they say. I mean, he right. He's got it all right now, and he hasn't even seen uh, more than fifty percent of the snaps. Or you know, I mean, he just has. I think he went a little over this, but but you know, he just hasn't been getting the snaps. Um, and he's been so efficient, so electric, so dynamic. He's attached to Kyler Murray, like. I think there is a huge, huge opportunity and a huge ceiling. And really, the floor is like he's Cole Beasley. Like, of course he's better than that. But you know what I mean? Like, he can yeah. he can do that for for a long time. Yeah, no, he was going to be my pick. He's right next to me. He's like right next to Bateman. He's at a tier for me. I, two stats that really stand out to me about him. He's He leads the league in, for rookies, 198 yards um, after the catch. And then also he has the most receptions among rookies without a drop. He's got 21 receptions without a drop. And he made and, two incredible catches. Yeah. Oh, that one on the sideline was insane. Jesus. Um, and and you're gonna see that. And then once AJ Green leaves, once I don't know what's going on, with Kirk. I think they're gonna keep. He's having an okay year. Christian Kirk is, but even know Andy Isabella is gone. So once those guys are gone, you're gonna see him get even more of a target share. Um, I like that. I like Rondell more. I think he's gonna be just fine. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited. So the question is. <sighs> Who you got next? You know, I gotta take Kadarius Tony. Yes, I, I think, yes, I, I agree. Think yes, this this is where he's at right now. Like, yes. I, I, when I looked at this, I was like, you know what? I was going through my list, and, he, and I think after Tony, there's a clear tear oh. break. Like, there's a tear break now. Like, I think after those guys so that we just good. mentioned, like where you go, Tony's a now it's a tear break because of what Tony did, and you can't you can't say that you know we just we talked about him a lot. I think this is where he goes, and this is where you should be happy with him going. Yeah, I. Honestly, it was Kadarius Tony for me, which is crazy. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I, I ranked him for you for my preseason ranks, I think. Yeah. And so I had Terrace Marshall too. And, you know, he, you know, 
yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to determine who you're pushing the button for in a in a startup draft right now. If Kadarius and Terrace were both there, I, I, I mean, I should be still in on Terrace over Kadarius, but it's close. At least, admittedly, it's close. So yeah. I would take Terrace Marshall, but I 100% agree with you. This is where Kadarius Tony is. He's right after the Rondell Moore, you know, mm-hmm. four, and right there with the Terrace Marshall and who you might take next. I have no idea. There's a couple of players. I wonder if you're going to take the one that I think. Let's see. Yeah, yeah so we got. this is tough. This is probably the toughest one. Looking at my tears right now, I'm going to still take Elijah Moore. So yeah. I'm going to take Elijah here. And as much as I don't like that Jets offense, it's really crowded right now. So the biggest thing about it, that when Jamison Crowder leaves and when Elijah can kind of step in there, he's been injured. And then that offense obviously hasn't looked great. I still think Elijah Moore has that talent and, and that slot position to kind of break out. And I think that we can, in PPR, especially with targets and catches, he's going to get it. But it's very, very close for the next guy. It's, it's, it's almost like now I actually regret it. But I'm going to take Elijah Moore. Yeah, because I'm taking uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown. Yeah, that's who it and, was, yeah. and I mean, Amon Ra, you know, I mean, all the, the appeal to Amon Ra this entire offseason was projected opportunity early on. And generally speaking, that's kind of a bad way to draft your rookies, um, you know, because you want to take good players instead of good opportunities. But, you know, he's probably a pretty good player and he has a really good opportunity now, especially going forward. Quintez yeah. Cephas out for the year and, you know, uh, Tyrell uh, Williams is like having a real hard time getting back. So, you know, th- there's opportunity for him. And, and uh, you know, I think he's going to take it. I think he's going to run with it. And I think he's going to be a part of that team. I mean, they're 0-5. You know, they're not going to have to, pl- you know, have veteran deference. I mean, go with the kid, let him play. I think that helps his first year and it might help his career. You know, he kind of gets yeah. enough reps. And I will say this, and I, I'll, I'll go on a little bit of a tangent for a quick moment. But it was like, for me, it's like I see Amon Ross St. Brown and I, I see a little bit of that Gabriel Davis profile, that fourth round pick where, um, you know, the, the player I think is good, but the fourth round pick, uh, you know, doesn't insulate him to opportunity next year. You know, mm-hmm. if Detroit sucks and they take, you know, Burks or whatever, you know, all these guys, maybe they get two of them, you know, they get a guy in the second round too, or whatever. They probably are dumb enough to do that, but you know, like they could get a couple guys or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, he's nobody, you know, whatever, not nobody, but you know how it goes. Like, you know, uh, Buffalo traded for digs, whatever, you know, like things change, you know? Um, and, uh, I just wonder a little bit about him in that way. That's a little bit of my concern. You know, I looked at Gabriel Davis, his rookie year, he was better than, uh, Devonte Adams uh, by the numbers was in his first or second year, but you know Devonte being that first round pick was you know tethered him to opportunity, and you can't ignore that at any point. I think that's why you know you weren't crazy to take Elijah Moore or Kadarius Tony over Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think that's still probably the right thing to do. Sorry for the long tangent. What do you think? No, no, I think that's true. I mean, the way I look at it is Elijah Moore is a ceiling play. 
And in this point of yeah. the draft, I'm going to take the high ceiling guy that I think can have that draft capital and get those targets. And yeah. you're right about Alman Ross St. Brown. The thing I'm worried about is next year in this draft, because this, this 2022 class, it may not have the running backs. It may not have the quarterbacks, but it has the wide receivers. And it's not necessarily yeah. wide receiver ones, but they're wide receiver twos all over this damn class. And like yeah. legitimately, you might see, I, I mean, I'm not shitting you guys out there. You might see in a, in a super flex draft, like maybe 10 wide receivers taken in the second round. That's something that's going to happen because these guys, there's a ton of them out there. Even small school guys, Jalen Tolbert um, from South Alabama, Jalen Cropper from Fresno State. There's a lot of guys that can sneak in here. And what if what if the Lions take a couple of these guys in the in the draft? Now you're looking at him Robbie in a third round option with Jared Goff as his quarterback. God help us. Like that is, I think, where I worry about Amon Ra. But I think he's in this tier still. It's just can he actually? He's got to have a big second half this year. Like he's need to show the coaching staff that he can be a slot receiver in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, the boys bringing the heat. Love that. <laughs> Great. That was awesome. Love that. We're fucking rocking and rolling right now, man. You're 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 firing all cylinders. Love it. It's interesting because now you look at like, you know, I don't know how yeah. much further we're going to go. Probably not much further, but like, you know, there's this, you know, I think I wrote down. I think I don't even think there's anybody else, but I have Nico Collins, Diami Brown, uh Anthony Schwartz and Josh Palmer. It's like those four guys are like the only four left. Am I missing anybody? I, I can't. I don't. Oh, like uh, Eskridge and. Oh, wait, no. Eskridge. Tutu like, Atwell. Oh, Where are yeah. Tutu Atwell uh, people? Where are they? Sorry. That was a bad pick. That was a Duncan bad on Tutu pick. Atwell. Sorry. That's that, not. He, dude, it's the best thing for their career. When As soon as I dunk on a guy like Mike Isicki or Kadarius <laughs> Tony, they just fucking take off. So you're welcome, Tutu Atwell, for the fucking two touchdown game next week. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, that's, but, that's what it's going to be. I know. <laughs> guy, he's so small. Like, I was never a 2-2 guy, and I could not believe he got drafted in that. I just – I don't know what the Rams are thinking about. Like, Dude, I, Eskridge, Eskridge and 2-2 Atwell went right before Terrace Marshall. Like, yeah. I don't know. Call me fucking crazy, but I'm picking Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I, I never understood that. Like, I really rank those four guys that you just mentioned. Like, I'd probably take Brown, right? I mean, Me Brown. too. I think so. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's the highest ceiling. And, like – but, man, that, that – that Washington team's all fucked up, though, huh? Yeah, and it was Curtis Samuel there. I think that kind of ah. limited stuff when they signed him. That sucked for Brown. And then you got, like, McKissick's there. He hasn't had a lot of targets this season. but And then if Gibson, they get him more involved. And then, you you know, Logan Thomas. There's a lot of targets. And then Heineke's yeah. not. He's okay, but let's be real. Like, they got to find a quarterback yeah. next year. Like, yes. they have to do that. So, again, you're looking at a guy like Diami Brown. Is he more than a wide receiver four right now? Never, no, ever? No. That's the not, problem. Not now. Yeah, that's the problem. And maybe that's why you take a guy like Nico Collins – and Nico Collins could be a stash because he's he also be. like the gallop. Nobody's seen him. Nobody knows. Nobody, th- you know, and his ceiling is all there. So he's a play right now that I think I'd definitely go out and, and buy low on Nico Collins. I have Nico Collins in a bunch of spots and I'm just happily stashing. You know, I'm just happy to just sort of sit on Nico and let him just do, do what he yeah. does, you know, see what he's happens. A- He's a taxi just stash and you just wait. Yeah. And and there's really nothing you didn't buy him for I think I got him the fourth round in drafts, maybe late yeah. third, depending on when you drafted. Like that's a classic stash. I like stash. him. I like him. I, I think he's fine. I, I think that um that Texans team though, who knows? You know, that's right. the biggest unknown. Like Of course. Now let's say they get Malik Willis next year and maybe they go quarterback in the draft or they get Corral or they get one of these guys that I like. Then maybe you could talk about Nico Collins, but they could do the same thing. They could draft a couple of receivers too. They still got Brandon Cooks there. And then let's say they get another receiver. Now you're looking at Nico being wide receiver three, four, you get yep. worried. But uh yep. yeah. Yeah, it's no, you're right on the money. That's called reading the silver leaves right there, baby. Nice <laughs> job. 
Good job. No, it's true, man, because they have to do a lot to that team. And so therefore there's going to be a lot of changes and sometimes the, the C's part for you as a player, but most often they don't and it doesn't work out and it's fucking, you're a sucker. So, and, but Anthony Schwartz is another one. He's, you know, he's a lid lifter and not sure that he'll ever be much more than that, you know, um, consistent target guy and Josh Palmer. I mean, you know, I like any player in that offense and speaking of that offense, San uh, San Diego, I almost said San Diego. How awesome <laughs> is that? Los Angeles Chargers are, I mean, are they, if you were making a rank, I mean, I don't know, you can look at it real quick. Like, where would you have them? Because, I, you know, I, I, I have the Bills at one. I think I have the Chargers maybe at two right now. That's where I'm at. Like, those three plus the Cardinals, you know, it's like those three teams are like my top three teams right now. I think you have to with the way Herbert's playing. Um, Brandon Staley's one of the best coaches in the NFL already. I tweeted that out like last week, and I was like, "Hey, he's just he makes the calls, and you know what? He's got balls. Like he goes for it in positions that you're not supposed to go for it in. Uh, he does a good job of game planning and scheming. He's one of the best defensive minds out there, so he's got that defense playing better. And you know, the Chargers always had that thing where they would basically. They would just kind of, you know, lose bad games. And we saw that with Anthony Lynn. They're not going to do that with Staley. And you have to – you. and this is a quarterback-driven league, so you're going to go with Herbert. I think that's kind of where you have to go with. You say, hey, he's a he's a, he's a top-five asset, and especially with what they're being able to do. Um, I love that receiving crew. And that's the thing with Palmer. Like, that's the thing with the Chargers. You want to try to find – to me, I want to find the wide receiver three on the Chargers. I want to look for that because I think that offense is going to be good and you get you can get some production out of that, especially if Mike Williams got hurt, which he's having an incredible year. But if he got hurt, you would find it. I don't think their wide receiver three is on their team right now, though. <laughs> Guyland's not the guy. I don't think Palmer's that guy. They're going to find somebody else that's that guy, and I don't think it's anybody on that roster. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. I mean, really hard to disagree with any of that. So um, I, I probably just won't. Is that okay if I just don't yeah, disagree with any of that, that That just means I, I, yeah. I kind of know what I'm talking about. We can pretend like that. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. No, that's all correct. That's just all perfectly said right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love the, uh, the, the, the chargers and uh, you know, you, you said it with Herbert, but the guy I'm like, I a little bit faded him and I, and I, and that was a complete miss. I mean, not totally because in best ball I have some and, but I didn't, I wasn't maybe aggressive enough. And I recently traded for him. I, last week I mentioned, I traded, 222 first projected late you know i'm in a 14 team league so i'm okay with that they're probably late in a 14 team league in a 2022 222 first for austin eckler love austin eckler i think you know he's a guy that if there's a way you can trade for him uh do so i've been throwing out some other offers in other leagues where eckler's on a team that's bad and you know it doesn't make sense to be bad and roster eckler especially when you can push assets to, to the four but i i would ask the question this way Rest of season, for the rest of the season, if you were drafting right now, how many running backs are you drafting ahead of Austin Eckler? Probably Derrick Henry, and that's it, to be honest with you. I think he's um, in that running back two tier. Uh, and he's clearly like, I think he's 23 points more than the next closest running back. I think he's running back two in the year in PPR formats. Uh, so, and I think he's been efficient. I like with that offense, what they're doing. And, you know, game uh, pace of play they're they're really they you see that pace of play you love that um they're gonna lean on eckler too they're giving it to him in the red zone finally to score touchdowns yes. anthony lynn holy shit man thank you you're killing my deandre swift shares by the way but yeah so uh, eckler is eckler's that guy i think henry there's a case to be said for i guess Najee uh harris with all the targets <laughs> that he's getting just because of that offense like he his usage rates almost like 
historical right now. But I think Eckler's a number two back right now and in PPR formats. I'm with you. I, I think he's I, – I was going to say he could be the, the first pick of the draft because, maybe yeah. you know, <clears throat> Derrick Henry has been getting targeted, but, boy, that could go away. I mean, I just don't think anything that we're seeing from Eckler is going away. Like, it's all just no. like it, – it, you know what I mean? Like, the offense, like, everything is perfect. It's just amazing. Um, you know, it's been amazing that Tennessee has been able to run Derrick Henry even in negative game script, like – Really, really impressive. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got, you know what I mean? Henry just can't. Henry's just – that dude's going to be I, – that dude's impossible to stop. Like, that guy's there. But to be, to, be, to to your point about Eckler, like, especially even in Dynasty, he doesn't have a lot of usage. He didn't get used right. that much his first couple seasons. And, like, you know, even, like, in 2019, he had 132 carries. So, not a lot. Last year, he was a little hurt. He had 116 carries. So, like, when we talk about a 26-year-old running back, he's actually, you know, in carries terms, he's 24. Like he right. still has a couple years and they're using pretty well. I like what he's doing in his receiving game too, like you mentioned. Um, he's legitimate, dude. 22, 22, 29, <laughs> 32 points in fantasy leagues right now. He's if you have him, I have him on one roster, I'm five and oh. And there's a big reason why it's because of him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. And and right now, I mean, the the tide that lifts all boats, you know, Justin Herbert just absolutely outstanding. And yes, you know, the the other player that Justin Herbert has now made a lot of money, quite frankly, because it's a yeah. contract year, is Mike Williams. And, I, you know, I've said it in three, or two or three shows in a row. I said, if you guaranteed me that Mike Williams was in was in this Charger offense next year and was signed to like a four-year deal or something, I don't know, man. He's like a borderline art, uh, wide receiver one in Dynasty. Like, yes. th- him in this offense is clearly money. And so he's money for the rest of the season. Like he is top five ten wide receiver rest of season in this offense. But if I don't know where he's going next year, it, it makes me wonder where I should have him uh, in terms of uh, of dynasty. And I'm maybe working through this. I think now I'm thinking it doesn't matter because if he signs somewhere else, he's going to sign like a big contract. And if you don't believe in him in that offense, you'll probably be able to get off him for a great a great number if you believe mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be great this year which I think he is so maybe it doesn't matter where do we have Mike Williams right now buddy Hey, listen, I'm a gambler. I like I like take I'm rolling with Mike Williams. That's my guy. Yeah. I had him in a lot of leagues last year because I believed in his talent last year. And so I just kept him in Dynasty. I wasn't gonna trade him. Um and you know, he was going as wide receiver fifty in drafts this year. That was that's come on, guys. That's a steal yeah, out that's there crazy. if you got him. Uh and so I, I'm rolling with him. I think he's a low end wide receiver one. I think that's where you kinda that's his value to me. Like I think that but I will say this, we talk about market value. His market value is starting to go up a little bit. So I think it was a yes. couple of weeks ago I saw someone say, You guys sell Mike Williams now. And I said, Whoa, 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 whoa. I, the market's not ready to pay for Mike Williams. The, the market's no. not there yet. And then you just no. wait. But it's gotten there. And so I saw some recent deals where he got traded for Najee Harris. Now Ooh. we're talking about okay, market's here now, so what are you going to do? Now, this is where you have to make that decision. Like, if you can get a running back like Harris, do you kind of pair something with Williams and send him over? I don't know. It always depends on roster construction, but the market's here now, so if you wanted to make a move, you can. And realistically, Mike Williams should be, what, your wide receiver four that you drafted on your team, or if you have him. Like, you probably could maybe get rid of him, depending on how the other guys go, but he also could be saving your ass. What if you have Allen Robinson on your team and you have Mike Williams? Now you're like, okay, at least I have my wide receiver one that I thought I was getting with Robinson. So, I like Williams. I think that I'm rolling with him. He's not off my team, and like you said, he's going to sign a contract. I'll just sell him then, because someone will say, oh yeah, he's going to go here. But what if 
if he goes to a better team or even with a good quarterback too. Like, I, and I think he'll stay. I think they're going to sign him because they need him. They need a wide receiver too on that team. Yeah. No, I, look, I, if he stays, it's, it's, it's just great. Just keep him and just keep letting them be awesome for your team. Yeah. Cause he's dope, you know, but have to I, trade I, everybody, right. Can you agree with that? Like I so I hate it every week. I see, Oh, he's doing good. Trade his ass. Can I just enjoy yeah. my roster? Please just let yeah. me enjoy the roster. Just for well, we talk, while. we talk about dynasty game three, one one is, is patience yeah. and timing, you know, and understanding that timing. And, and we've all missed the timing, including me fucking a bunch of times. Like we understand that, it, that, that, it's not perfect. You can't be perfect at that, but to have timing in mind and understanding like this may be the last opportunity to do this or that, you know, and we've done it. I mean, someone's holding the bag of Todd Gurley in your league. Like I'm holding, I'm in like 20 leagues. I think I've got one or two Gurley, you know, roster ships (laughs) and uh, they're not exactly exciting, but you know, I left, I was left holding the bag in two spots. Okay, great. Whatever. Like, but you know, we can't all play that timing perfect. And you buy him when you're like, oh my God, he's so cheap. If he plays next year, a third round pick, whatever. And then you're like, I've, you know, here I'm holding the bag of poop. But, yeah. you know, that that happens. But uh, other than that, it's like it, timing's everything. But the timing ain't there with Mike Williams. So let me just ask you this is going to be fun. Let's play, you know, this or that with Mike Williams. You tell me who you'd rather uh, roster in Dynasty, Mike Williams or. Uh, I'll use your boy, Rashad Bateman. Mike Williams. Yeah, I agree. Because he's done it. And he's had the 1,000-yard season, the 10 touchdowns. He's had it. Agree 100%. Mike Williams or Deontay Johnson? Deontay. Okay. I love Deontay. All right. Deontay's Mike guy. Williams or Keenan Allen? Ooh, that's Yeah, cool. right? There it is. That's the ultimate one right there. I think that's, that's the, the ultimate. You can, that's the ultimate one you can go there. I'm gonna go Keenan Allen still, but it's close. Okay. But I'm gonna no. Go no this is cool. I like me, where we're at. Keenan Allen. By the way, you're right where I'm at because I'm. I've got these guys like very adjacent in my yeah. rank, rankings. I'm a little bit over, a little bit under, right there. Uh, Mike Williams or Debo Samuel? Ooh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mike Williams still, based on quarterbacks. <sighs> so close. Okay, one of my guys. I I you, I have him ahead of Mike Williams. Mike Williams or Cortland Sutton? Oh God, I love me some Cortland. Uh, I'm gonna go Mike Williams because of quarterback and that offense. Wow. I'm gonna, okay. I, I think I'm gonna stay with Mike. I love Mike. So okay. So here's a here's another one that we've been talking about. So Mike Williams or Hollywood Brown? The WR six. Uh, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this. I no Mike Williams still yeah I, it's Mike close Williams, to, it's close though dude I have Mike Williams right now at, at WR twenty two you know and I'm uh, just I'm writing that it's like Keenan Allen Debo Samuel Mike Williams Deontay yes. Johnson Marquise Brown like okay like uh, you could convince me one way or the other you were you had a slightly different order in those guys some of them ahead to but it's like right there and I you you weren't like way uh, too high on Mike Williams, not, not a lot higher than I am. And you're not a lot lower than, than, yeah. than I am on him. So I think we're right in that same uh, ballpark. Would you, what did you do with Deontay? Would you rather have Deontay or Mike Williams? I have Mike Williams one spot ahead of Deontay. Okay. But I don't know that I love that. It's, it's, it's like, I've been trying to move Mike Williams up because I'm like, he deserves this. Right. So I'm trying to move him up. And then sometimes you move him past someone. You're like, wait a minute now. Like, like I have Mike Williams yeah. ahead of Jerry Judy. What, Jerry Judy or Mike Williams. I feel like I should put Jerry Judy ahead of him, you know? 
but it's like fuck like that's a tough trade to make that's that is a tough trade to make right like that is a that's tough and i just i always go back to if i'm close on a prospect or anything quarterbacks i just look at the quarterbacks and i I really do and that's how i kind of i manage it okay you know should i can i trust teddy bridgewater Eh, right can i trust you lock i mean you did take you did take deontay though didn't you I did take Deontay, but that is, I think, because I almost, I actually think Deontay can be, I don't want to say quarterback proof, but that dude's a legit. In some ways he is because he's a target hog, right? So, I mean, he's going to get 15 shitty targets from some shitty quarterback. And what is he going to do on the Steelers? I mean, Claypool's nice, but Claypool gets overrated, I think, a little bit. I do like Deontay, and I like that target share just what excites me. And Juju's going to be gone. They're going to throw the shit out of all Deontay. So, so Mike, Mike Williams or Claypool? I'll take I'll take Mike Williams in that. Deal. Me too. Here's a better one: uh, Rondale Moore or Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah, that is a quarterbacks are standing. If I if I if I play by my, I, probably Claypool because he scores touchdowns. Ooh, so close! But it's close. I, I, I've got him back to back, and I've got Rondale one spot ahead, and it's, it's very, very close. close. Yeah, those it's very two guys. Close. But that's so what just about, to show you how okay? So what about Jalen Waddle or Claypool? Claypool. Claypool. Okay. 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 I mean, because that was your. This is my guy, but I'm going to go touchdown guy because I think Waddle can sometimes. You got to make sure you can score touchdowns. I don't try to rate rookies a little ahead of these guys sometimes because I try to like. I try to be I'm not, you know, I try to be hesitant of like, okay, let me overrank these guys just based on my college profile. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely not a hot take guy. I do I do take my time. I'm a patient <laughs> dynasty owner, like you just talked about. I'm very patient. Like, I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. I don't make rash decisions and rash moves because I think that's how you can destroy your team sometimes. You sure can, man. <laughs> I've seen some people destroy some dynasty teams. And it's awesome. And the only thing I respect is when they stay and, and curate that team. The worst yeah. is when someone destroys a team it, just with being bad at Dynasty and then like bounces and you're like, well, that's fucked up, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. d- when I told you it was a Dynasty League, did you understand the concept? Like forever. Like get the fuck in here, stand in here and take your lumps, bitch. You know, it's yeah. like don't just run out on your team and because you fucked it all up. That always is a pet peeve. And it's the ultimate bitch move. So if you guys are doing that, stop doing that. Like dynasties, the whole point is to, you know, show me what you got over a four or five year period. Like play yeah. the damn game. Yeah, no, I think, you know, Dynasty, I've seen Dynasty Leagues two, three years, it's done. It's like, that's not a Dynasty League. That's a keeper slash whatever league that you're trying to do it's there. stupid, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm in one league. It's been going for 10 years. That's the longest Dynasty League I'm in. Awesome. Well, speaking of Dynasties, some of these teams, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to have some Dynasties on their hands with some of these quarterbacks. And you and I, you know, wanted to talk about these quarterbacks a little tiny bit because I feel like. Right now, with the way Lamar played, the way that Herbert's playing, the way Josh Allen is playing, oh my God. Like, Josh Allen made a statement um, in primetime, right? Yeah. No, hey, Josh is legitimate. Like, I I love watching that kid play. Uh, And he's really not doing it with the rushing upside that much this year, which is (laughs) nice to see because he doesn't have to do it, right? And so now you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to, there's a ceiling there that you're like, you know, in a dynasty startup, I'd be interested to see what you think about this. I took Herbert over Josh Allen. I didn't yeah. have any Herbert shares, so I wanted one. I was kind of selfish, but the league couldn't believe it. I'm like, nah, Herbert will be up there, so it'll be close. I'm interested to see how that plays out. <clears throat> I've been incorrectly behind consensus on Josh Allen from the beginning. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I've kind of just missed it. I mean, he's a scary guy, but he's so awesome, man. I love – you know, I mean, even down to the playoffs when he, uh, like, 
lateraled that ball in the playoff game. We were like, what are you doing? And like his inconsistencies, being able to hit targets down the field in his first two seasons, like, you know, he's just been a scary guy to like go after and be like, this is my dude. But like the upside and the way he plays when he's playing great, like he just, I mean, he just whiffles that ball. Like that Mm -hmm. touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders um, this last week. Yeah. But it's also a throw that like only basically him and like, like, maybe only him like can make the throw in that way mm-hmm. like that was a 40 yard like threw it to him on like a a rope over the defense like it's it's a really like if, if you've ever thrown a football that that throw was like whoa dude like he just whiffled it and it just hung up there and it was like yeah to him immediately like like the, I don't know. Like normally that ball has to, you know, go up and then down. It didn't. It just went to him. Like it's like ridiculous. Like that's not a throw that people make. And the crazy thing to think about, he only had 15 completions in that game. He had over 300 yards passing. Yeah, that well, is the numbers. Dawson Knox was getting loose deep. It was embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but he makes those throws down the field, and he just—it's true. Even the one to Dawson Knox when he broke down the sideline, like he just threw it to him like quickly but it was from 50 yards away. Like he didn't have to like, you know what I'm saying? Like he just like, here you go, Dawson knocks 50 yards down the field, catch it. And like, he literally was turned around. Like he was catching a 10 yard, you know, button hook, right? Like he was just like standing there, like 50 yards down the field, like quickly pitch it to me here. Perfect. You know, just like, he just got such an electric arm. Like he can just make plays that other guys can't, you know, the defense doesn't have time to, to get to the player. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I am, I am now at the point where, Josh Allen, I, I don't know how high you can take him, but here's the point. Kyler, Josh Allen, all these guys, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, may, has, has have we passed Mahomes in Dynasty? Is he no longer the clear 1.01 quarterback? Are we at that point where you're going to see multiple different players being taken at the 1.01? I think we are because I think we were close in this last offseason. If you just start up yep. drafts, it was close. Like Superflex, it was basically first five picks of quarterbacks, and those first yep. five that we talked about. So I could see some people talking themselves into taking Allen or Murray, especially Murray, uh, in, in that spot. And if Lamar has one of these MVP types years, which he might do, I think it's it's more close than we've seen at the top five position. And they're pretty interchangeable, to be honest. Like if you draft those guys, um, I don't think there's a lot of risk with any of them. The, right. I think that no. they're going to be solid yeah. QB one through five for the next what five years probably <laughs> if we if we could say that like in those offenses and everything that they do um, Murray I probably you, you always worry about injury with Murray and Jackson but they do a pretty good job protecting themselves um, but I think it's there and there's a big tear break in my opinion for and sure Dak's pretty close I think just in terms of like he's going to be a mainstay on that offense in there but they, they, it, there's a tear break and then you get down to that lower level and tier three is not looking good right now. So let's talk about that top six because I think that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You know, the Lamar, Herbert, Allen, Dak, Murray, Mahomes, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, and then you've got <clears throat> Russell Wilson, you know, just kind of a little too old. He's, you know, he's now broken and like he's not in that group for sure right now. No, and you can't not. put Fields or Lawrence in that group yet. You can't put Burrow in that group. Um, you know, you can't put Jalen Hurts in that group. Like there's you just go down. I mean, the only guy that really belongs in there right now is Deshaun Watson, right? But yes. he's another thing. So let's just take him out of there and just <laughs> focus on that top six. And you want me to have the first pick or do you want to? And we'll just we'll just no, you go go I have the first pick and the other one. So you, you Sure, you sure. So so if I'm if I'm if I'm drafting, it's really hard to pivot away from Mahomes, but now I'm thinking about it. And that's kind of the point. Like I have to consider 
Kyler Murray. I have to consider Lamar Jackson. I have to consider Josh Allen. I have to consider these guys. Like, even if we think about it, like, how much different is Herbert than Mahomes right now for fantasy purposes going forward in dynasties? Not that big a difference. It's a really diff- difficult decision, but because I'm a wimp, I'm just going to take Patrick Mahomes and leave this next choice to you. Who you got? I'm going to take Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is mm. a clear QB2, to be honest. Like, that offense with Diggs, everything there, and that rushing upside, which we saw as touchdowns. Like, um, I, I, I think Allen is still in a clear tier right there, too. Oh, my God. It is so hard because I want to say Kyler Murray, but I also want to so badly say Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, you know, it's really tough, man. And I love Dak. Oh, my God. I love Dak, too. This is brutal. This is brutal. I'm going to take Kyler Murray, and I don't even – I don't know. I give me Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll take Lamar. I think that's 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 going to be the QB four there in that spot, just because the rushing upside is too much. Dak's not going to have rushing upside. That ankle is a legitimate thing. Like he's not yeah. going to run, so he's not going to have right. that. Herbert's great, but Herbert's not going to have that either. And he's okay at the rushing upside. But the Konami Code things are a legitimate thing. Like that's a yeah, legitimate no legitimate yes. thing in fantasy. So give me give me Lamar next, and, and it'll be interesting. To see. I'm sure you'll go Herbert here. Yeah, I, I will go Herbert. I love Dak, uh, but Herbert's just so good right now. that, And that's the point, though. It's like any of those guys I'm happy with because you're obviously now you know stuck with your favorite quarterback in the in the world. Uh, that's the tough breaks. But, you know, any of those six are are, are capable of being, yeah. you know, the quarterback one and almost guaranteed to be a, a quarterback one every week. So QB one overall upside every week and QB one floor, you know, uh, yeah. on a weekly basis. It's like ridiculous, those six. Yeah, and I'll be honest too. I wanted to mention this. I think Joe Burrow's a little overrated. Um, I find him as a QB two, like a high end QB two. Like I think yeah. some people, like I don't know. I see some people have him pretty high in their tiers, like in that second tier with like Lamar and those guys, like maybe eight no. or nine yeah. somewhere around there. I don't know about that. You know, I think that Lance has an opportunity to jump over him. I know Deshaun is going to come. Well, I don't know what Deshaun is doing. You know, Trevor right. Lawrence is in there. Fields maybe if he Jalen hurts. I mean, realistically, I might take Hurts over Burrow. I'll be honest. Like in fantasy purposes, I might do that. Yeah, I don't. I've got them back to back in my rankings, and you know, I'm adjusting them as we speak. But it's yeah. like super, super tough, super tough to parse. Yeah. So no, I think hey, the quarterback position is going to be a lot of fun. These guys in fantasy is going to be a lot of fun in the next five years. You know, and a lot of people will wonder why I have you on. You know, this cowboy fan thing, but you know, and I'm going to have you on again in the future in the off season because you are a huge Devi player. And uh, campus to Canton, like a college football fan, you really know your stuff. And, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had Felix Sharp on and Felix gave me a fucking total bummer, man. I don't know if you heard the show, but he was a negative Nancy about this whole thing, man. Absolute (laughs) buzzkill. I was asking him about the good running backs in the class. No answers. I asked him about who are the good quarterbacks in the class. No answers. I asked him about tight ends. He started laughing at me. Yeah. Now, he did say there were some wide receivers, but hardly enough to hold a 2022 class together. Mr. Du Bois, what say you? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a little more optimistic than Felix. Uh, I love Felix. He's my guy. Uh, but yeah, he, can be a little, 
he can be a little pessimistic at times. I think that, uh, you know, to me, if I'm looking at the 2022 class and you're a little worried about that 2022 class, I think that it has some strength at the top. So I think it's very top heavy. Uh, a guy that I really like, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. I think those are very strong guys. Carson Strong at quarterback position. Uh, I do think the 2022 class, running back, you're going to get Spiller and you're going to get Brees Hall. And then after that, it's kind of mixed. So you have, to, it's just very top heavy. You want to be in the top six picks of your, of your rookie drafts. If you're a single quarterback, I would say top eight if you're in a super flex. And I do think the wide receivers are strong and there are going to be some there. But if you're thinking about rebuilding with running backs in the 2022 class, you're in, you're in trouble. The 23 class is where you want to rebuild with your running backs. And so good. And then that's you know, the reality. What it is. Some of the, some of the guys, it's late. They're listening to the show. They want to start masturbating. Can you start talking about the twenty three running backs? <laughs> yeah, I can talk about them real quick, and we'll just kind of get into that. Um, we'll play some Barry White behind it. I mean, to like, me, you like, know, Bijan Robinson. Let that's me all you got to say, right? Bijan, and then everybody just Bixby. gets all excited. Um, so Bijan is there, but I will say my running back two of the class is Zach Evans from TCU, and uh, mm. I think he's risen up and he's solid. Um, I really love this kid, and I think that he's going to start getting that tier one category. And then Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, is going to be there. I actually Bigsby's my running back four right now, and then a guy that you actually have to listen to that's actually coming on right now is crushing it, Sean Tucker from Syracuse. He's slowly his his weighted dominator rating right now is off the, through the the roof he actually is higher than Bijan robinson um in terms of how his usage is right now from syracuse so sean tucker is a kid to watch and blake corn from michigan as well like those guys are are low level guys but this class is solid like you're looking wow. at sean tucker yes. he he could be like a running back too in this class right now <laughs> in 2022 like the way his usage is and everything and in this class he maybe he's running back five or six that's how solid the 23 class is yeah, just uh, looking at some of the peripheries on Sean Tucker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time you you sort of you know box score scout is how, is how I do it. By the way, I never heard of Sean Tucker before in my life till this <laughs> moment. Just clicked on his you know his per, per player page and checked his box score. I'm like, yeah, oh that's that's good. He's five ten two ten. You know, like so. Okay, size check. Um, explosive plays. Looks like he's got those receiving ability. You know, he averages two catches a game. Um, yeah, all wheels up, you know. I mean, he catches the football and he's been explosive. And in six games, he's got 791 yards. So obviously, he's doing something there. So, and he's a true sophomore. So you're absolutely right. Next year, if he's that dope, you, you've got another one. So yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, no, I think that it's solid. The wide receivers are so solid in that class, too. I Tight end, Michael Mayer, if you really look at tight ends, I think he's good, too. I love the 23 class. Quarterback's a little iffy right now. Bryce Young and then everything else is kind of a little murky right now. But I, I would say, like, if you're rebuilding or if you're thinking about, like, kind of looking at your rosters and whatever, running backs in 23 class, tight ends in the 23 class. And I would argue, argue say, quarterbacks and, and, and wide receivers in the 22 class. I, quarterbacks in the 23 class, a little iffy right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, I mean, wide receivers, you know, if you're going to rebuild, yeah, you're going to take wide receivers in 22, running backs in 23, and and just see if that does it for you. If you're if you're stacking picks, you know, one year after the next, and, and that usually is a good way to go. If you if you stack up your wide receivers first and then add your running backs, that's usually the, the yeah. recipe that that works best because those those wide receivers last a little bit longer. The running backs are those bright stars that burn for only a couple of years sometimes. So you really want to you really want to make sure you have those when you're ready to push. And you know, third year receivers and second year running backs. My goodness, that's a that's a great combo if you look at it. You know, yeah, um, yeah that's usually a, a winning combo. So speaking of a winning combo. Kevin and Jax just fucking <laughs> rolled that thing. I love it, man. Um, what? Let's pick for the win. Let's pick for the for the people. Final score, 
Dallas Cowboys visiting the New England Patriots. What's going to be the final score of that game and who wins? I'm going to say 31-14 Dallas. 31-14. That was... Well, that was disrespectful. I didn't like that. I <laughs> thought that was kind of not really a nice thing to say at all. I don't really res- – I, uh, I can't believe I even had you on this fucking podcast <laughs> with comments like that. Fuck is this, man? Who who found this guy? Yeah, this is bullshit. I, sorry. I was going to be a little nicer, but I do think our offense is going to be pretty good. On Why not 100 to 14? I mean, right. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Uh, that's a really good bet. I'm going to have to – let me find the, the Patriots win – the Patriots' win comes from the defense. The defense will have to do something because yes. if the defense can't do, which is very questionable at this point, this thirty-one to fourteen is, by the way, the correct fucking pick. <laughs> um, but if thirty-one fourteen doesn't happen and the Patriots somehow are able to create some turnovers and kind of just frustrate the offense and somehow figure out how to stop this two-headed monster. God dang it, we're not going to win. Um, that sucks. But if they figure out how to do that, then we can do uh, – we're going to do 23-22. to 22. Okay. Patriots win at home on a late field goal by one as um, Mac Jones throws 15 three-yard passes down the, down the field to get into field goal range. The first time it's ever been done, 15 for 15 for exactly – 60 yards or whatever. No, 45 <laughs> yards. Sorry. I just want to make sure I get that right. And that's how it goes. It's it's literally fourth and one every time he throws another three-yard pass. That's how they beat you. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We we deserve a win. We've been getting our ass kicked by you guys for years. Like we, we, It would be nice to get a W against the Patriots. Do you, you don't think the specificity of my way that we win is not going to happen? What do you think I, the – yeah, you know, I don't want to say anything. It's your podcast. I'll probably, be respectful. I, you know, you have a you. You're a very smart man. I think you maybe maybe we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, I also, you know, of course, like 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 I did here, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. No, I don't think I did that. I I said Bill Simmons picked him, and I loved it because it was yes, he's crazier than my ass. But I picked them to win the division by one game over the Bills. Let me just tell you one thing that is not happening <laughs> is that um, the Bills are fucking awesome. So congratulations, Buffalo. You win again. Just over and over, you guys take our hearts. So congratulations. Um, but uh, on that note, we'll go out and maybe it's your year. You know, Maybe it's the year that I revert back to being a Cowboys fan. I'll do it with you, brother. Uh, I love it. Tell the people where they can find you. I, I know I said it at the outset, but you know, there's some, you've got some cool pods. Just tell them what, 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 what you're doing so they can follow you because I guarantee after this pod, they're going to want it. Yeah, you can follow me at Boys underscore 22. Uh, you can find me at Fantasy Pros. A lot of my written work is there. And then if you like Debbie, uh, we have the Debbie, uh, Debbie Royale. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, everything there. We go live every Tuesday night at 930. So on behalf of everybody at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody at the Undrafted, on behalf of the great Michael P. Duncan, on behalf of Kevin Coleman, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. <laughs>